0: Gentlemen, welcome once again to the PackerNet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schwip. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dada. So everything's kind of dying down, but for some weird reason, Facebook groups are blowing up. Obviously, the mock draft or my you know NFL draft Facebook group is blowing up faster than PackerNet, but even PackerNet's seeing a lot more new people. Maybe it's boredom. I don't know. But I wanted to at least uh, let you guys know that those things existed since I haven't in a while. I've been begging you all to go out and find people and let them know about the podcast. Maybe you've been successful. There's new people here and they don't know about all the goodies. So please be on the lookout for the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, the Packernet Podcast Facebook page, Cheese and Packers Facebook page, Packernet Podcast on Instagram, Pack underscore Daddy on Twitter. There is a Packernet. Hmm, which one is it? on TikTok. But we're not doing anything with that quite yet. We've got to figure out uh, what we're doing with that. That's a whole different animal, man. You got to be... That's one of the few things you actually have to be talented to make it. <laughs> Twitter, you don't have to do... I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Instagram, kind of, maybe. I don't know. Or you just post news, you know? It's got to be somewhat visually appealing, so I guess you got to be somewhat talented. I mean, so I'm not saying nobody on there is talented. Some people are talented, and that's how they make it. Some people just make it. TikTok, though, it's like, I don't even know, man. You know, I go on there and I really enjoy stuff, unlike everywhere else where it's like people just talk and then they grow a following because they just say things. It's like, dude, that is that is brilliant. And um, I should not even be here because I, you know, I don't know. Back in the day, like when I was younger, which is why I understand why this is a younger thing, I think I would have done very well with TikTok because I was always doing stuff like, I remember. I, I remember I had like this old video recorder. Like the old camcorders with the little cassette. And I used to just make videos that me and my buddies thought were just absolutely hilarious. I used to actually record myself flipping through the channels. You know how you flip through the channels back in the day and it was like there was never anything interesting. I actually to this day still do that in my car. When I flip like every once in a while. Because I listen to my Bluetooth on the phone. But every once in a while I just turn on the radio and I flip through the stations. And it's just a habit. I just lose it on my radio. I've got a quick little comment about why this channel sucks every single channel I flip to. Because there's never anything good on the radio. Very rarely you'll come on a song and it's like, all right, I'll listen to this one. Anyways, I, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a tough one. But those are uh, those are some of the things. There is also a Packernet Podcast newsletter. If you go to packdraft.com forward slash newsletter, that would be the easiest way to get signed up for it. It'd be great if you all could do that. It's a really nice option, um, and I'm just remembering right now that I mentioned a texting option, which I need to get back to investigating. But it's just a good way if anything were to come up to push out information i actually think the texting thing would work better than a newsletter because uh, looking at the analytics on the newsletter um nobody even opens the email so (laughs) i don't know i'll have to experiment with that and do like a, a you know alert kind of thing see if anybody opens that email i don't know i'll check it out i'm i'm already paying for too many things as it is and i'm sure i'm gonna have to pay for that texting thing but we'll see um today is a very normal day and by that i mean i had a plan And I had everything mapped out, and I made this nice little chart, and then I didn't email it to myself, so I don't have it. So we're going to have to save that for another day. Hopefully tomorrow, if I can remember to send it to myself again. But um, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what my problem is. I am just a very, very dumb human being. Always like, I don't know, man, maybe I want to add something. Every time. And then it just sits there, and I forget about it, and I don't send it to myself. But the plan was to look at the offensive line, and it was pretty interesting. Um, the The goal of it, um, and this is hopefully, again, what we'll be talking about tomorrow, was to really break down all the offensive linemen we have. And I I'll, I want to talk about that at least today to lay the groundwork, because I think there's a lot of confusion, even by myself sometimes, forgetting people, like, you know, somebody mentioned Lucas Patrick. It's like, oh, yeah, forgot about Lucas Patrick. Not that it changed the dynamic very much, but, it, you know, he was, he's a guy. But then there's other names, and, and people just don't, really know where we stand. but the goal was I it, what I did is look at every single person that we have, including the free agents right now just on the off chance but I put them at the bottom just so we know. and I looked at every snap that they've taken at every position to get an idea because sometimes every time I'd look at things like PFF would say he's a left guard and then if you look at uh, uh, over the no it's man I always get them confused our lads, which has uh, depth charts for all the teams pretty good resource. They'll have somebody listed at a completely different position. So I'm constantly checking like six, seven, eight references, whatever. So I just went to PFF and I look at all their snap counts at every position in the pros and in college to just say, okay, who can play where? Like flat out, where have these guys stood on an offensive line? And that'll kind of lay the framework for where they can go. And I have their starting positions. In other words, where they've been the most and where they haven't spent very much time. I will say there's some very interesting information. Uh, Some of the little tidbits that are going to be interesting for tomorrow. Number one, there is nobody that is primarily a right tackle. We have nobody on this team right now that is primarily a right tackle. Uh, That includes a guy like Jared Valdir, who is a, you know, he's signed with the team, but he's a free agent. He's one of those guys. We've got three different guys who secondarily are right tackles. Nobody is primarily a right tackle. Something else to consider, Corey Lindsley, has never taken a snap anywhere other than center. There is news about Corey Lindsley. It's not very much more news, but it's a little bit closer into the, you know, this is this is really happening direction. So we, we're assuming he's leaving, but he's never taken a snap anywhere other than center. He's a center. Everybody else is, I mean, Corey, Elton Jenkins was primarily a center in college, primarily a guard in the pros, but there's one other guy, that we forgot about because we think they're all guards. It's not true. The the three guys we drafted technically in the sixth round, one is a tackle, one is a guard, one is a center. One of those guys that we never talk about, and I'm not saying he's going to start, but he's very interesting going forward, has never taken a snap anywhere other than center. You know, and if we're going to get excited about John Runyon, um, who was drafted in that exact same round, saying he can be the next stud, there was a guy drafted right around that same period who is a center full time so anyways those are a couple interesting little tidbits let's talk about Corey lindsley because i mentioned yesterday look there's no real new information what i said two days ago is the best information we have which is the packers have not talked to Corey lindsley and that was the thing that was bothering me about this whole thing it felt like they kind of needed to do it i wish they would do it but um they just don't seem to want to do it that was followed by the Tom Silverstein report, which essentially just regurgitated exactly what I said. They haven't talked or at least confirmed what I was fearing. You know, I, I Generally, we would hear about it if they were talking. I have not heard a word about it. He kind of reported, yeah, they haven't been talking. Well, now we got Corey Lindsley coming out basically saying he doesn't think he's going to be a Packer. He's saying we, as in me and my agent and you know my people, have not closed the door on the Packers, but they haven't reached out to me. I would love to be there but it, doesn't, it seems like I'm going to be taking snaps elsewhere. So, again, you can believe, if you want, whatever you want, because we don't have any confirmation from the team, but we're getting further and further into the denial territory if you believe uh, uh, Corey Lindsay will be back. Because, again, it we're getting very close to the free agency period. I mean, we've got, what, two and a half weeks until that starts to not even pick up the phone and begin negotiation with Corey Lindsley, I mean, that's about as much a confirmation as you would need. There's zero reason not to even try to talk to him. Like I said, the Packers will pick up the phone and will call just about anybody just to, to, to gauge the market, just to see, hey, how much is this going to cost us? They make tons of calls in, in free agency. And most of those calls, I would I would say that they don't really have any intention. That's the wrong way to say it. it it's They're not calling... Because they're saying we have to go get them. I'm assuming there's at least a, a sliver of interest. Maybe not. Again, it could just be gauging the market. You know, wanting to know how what, what certain positions are going for. Kind of recalibrating, if you will. But they make all kinds of calls. I've even said about J.J. Watt, we don't know if there's genuine interest or if they're just calling just to see. Like, you know, you never know. Maybe J.J. says, hey, we'd love to come to Green Bay. We'd take a discount. In which case, all right, let's put him on the board. Let's see what we can do. I've said it before, just calling doesn't really mean interest. And even if it does, the level of interest is not... We, we never really get that insight from Ian Rappaport. We see these are the five teams that have called, and that's all we really know. Um, and, and as far as the J.J. Watt stuff goes, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of getting tired of talking about it. Um, it's starting to feel more and more like it's not going to happen, which obviously goes back and forth more and more. Um just because it's it's getting so drawn out, and I don't know, it's certainly not impossible, and it's not even the fifteen to sixteen million thing. Like everybody immediately was like, "Oh, that's it, I'm not paying him that." Like, I, I don't know exactly what people were expecting. I, I had mentioned on this podcast what was it? I want to check real quick. I don't remember exactly where I saw it, but so, somebody said something to the effect of his his market value is somewhere in the in the ballpark of I think sixteen to seventeen million, but. You know, he may come at a discount somewhere closer to fourteen million. That's that's the frame of mind that makes sense to me. He's worth about seventeen, but there may be a discount due to age and and um, you know lack of production, injury history that drops him to fourteen. I I I don't I I just I'm I'm a little confused. First of all, that again, I don't know what people were expecting eight million or or what because fourteen million is not that different than than fifteen million. So when the report came out, you know, 15-16 million, it's like the only two responses I've seen are there's no way that's true and um and no way I want the Packers doing this. And again, I just 14 million is a great deal. 15-16 million. I mean, I get it where it's like, yeah, I guess I'm just surprised how defiantly anti people are. I mean, to, just to give you an idea, like elite pass rushers 2-3 years ago are making 25 million a year. If JJ Watt is not worth 15 million you think he's trash like just straight up trash in which case i don't know why you want him to begin with i mean what 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 do you want to pay the guy and some people look at and say no he's not worth as much as zadarius makes it's like you know i first of all zadarius was never jj watt zadarius had one very 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 good year prior to that one very 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 good year he was i mean slightly above average and even this past year, he was not all that great. I know the sack numbers were high. The pressures were kind of low. It wasn't very good. J.J. Watt is one of the best pass rushers of all time, legitimately. I mean, I, I still remember to this day when somebody had mentioned, who's better, peak J.J. Watt or uh, peak Aaron Donald? And I thought, that's stupid. Obviously, it's Aaron Donald. And I went and looked at it and was like, dude, I think it's J.J. Watt. Now, I know he's not the same guy, but again, peak J.J. Watt right now is, is I mean, if, if J.J. Watt was as good as he's ever been and he was available, he would command probably almost $30 million. So again, just the possibility that maybe he's still got some left in the tank, which is the consensus. He's maybe not peak J.J. Watt, but if he comes to Green Bay, he could very well be the best pass rusher on this team and people are hemming and hawing about 15-16 million like if if he's not worth that to you then I don't know why you want him here is it just the fact that he's from Wisconsin that's stupid 15 to 16 is nothing for for what the guy brings and and again a good deal was 14 so what i i just i don't know what the expectation was i don't really know i mean i know 15 and 16 is more than 14 that's true but not by much and if you really want him here for 14 what why would you be upset about... I just, I just, it just confuses... I guess I don't know what the expectation was. I guess he's old, he's broke down, he's garbage, but he's from Wisconsin and we hope he takes a discount of $8 million a year or something. I, I don't... I don't know. I'm just curious, I guess. I mean, send me a message. Let me know what, what it is you were expecting. But I, again, I said on this podcast, he might go for as low as $14 million, which is crazy. And uh, $14 million is worth the possibility that maybe J.J. Watt is healthy. And maybe he's still as good as he was, because if that's true, and again, PFF graded him extremely highly, extremely high, highly graded him. I mean, J.J. Watt was the 18th highest graded pass rusher. Now, that's not, you know, that's not great for J.J. Watt. But again, the the whole thing is he's the most double teamed player in football. And, and, and listen, the idea that he doesn't have it anymore is almost silly to me. If this guy can't play football anymore, why is he commanding so many double teams? Why? He's no good. He's garbage. Why is every team in the NFL trying to get a hold of him? Why? He's not good anymore. It's just, I don't think anybody in the NFL believes that. Again, that doesn't mean he's the same as he always was, but he's clearly got a lot left in the tank. I think the biggest issue is the fact that he's got a massive injury history. And I think one of the benefits a team like Green Bay brings is you don't have to play him every single snap. I mean, this guy's been run into the ground. He played the second most snaps of any edge rusher in football. He's one of only two that was over 1,000 snaps. The guy's getting old. He's got a massive injury history, and they're just running this guy straight into the ground because he's all they got. Now, I'm not saying you want to pull J.J. Watt very often. You're going to want to play him a lot, but you can give the guy a breather at least once in a while, and that's going to help keep him healthy, keep him fresh, and, and we know Matt LaFleur is very good at that. He loves. He's very good at keeping guys healthy. He'll pull guys off the field, and it's like, why are you doing this to me? He's keeping guys fresh. Having J.J. Watt week one is awesome. Having him in the NFC Championship game is a little bit more important, though. And and I mean, honestly, the only reason I'm I'm kind of getting away from J.J. Watt isn't because we can't do it. I mean, not signing Corey Lindsley and all these guys is going to help us get closer to that. Um, I think obviously it would be massively beneficial. I've I've mentioned how I I people keep at what's more important, this or that, or J.J. Watt or this guy or J.J. Watt or that guy. It's always JJ Watt and not even necessarily because I think JJ Watt is the best player in the world just because of how beneficial it would be for this team to get some some extra help on the interior. How much that's going to help Zadarius, who is the second most double team player on foot in football. That right there tells you what the most beneficial team is. Putting the two most double team players in the NFL next to each other, what do you do about that? That right there tells you everything you need to know. One of these guys is not going to be double teamed. You bring a four man rush you double-team one of these guys, that has to mean one-on-one for somebody else. And I'm assuming it's going to be on J.J. Watt. And that'll be interesting as well to see. If if, if they continually double-team Zadarius and Rashawn rather than J.J., then that means they don't really respect J.J. as much. Point is, though, that, that just erases that. And one of these guys who is one of the most double-teamed is going to become one of the least double-teamed because it's just not going to happen much anymore. So again, it's not just J.J. Watt for J.J. Watt's sake. And I don't really care where he went to school. I mean, it's kind of a cool little narrative. That's That has nothing to do with why I want him to play for the Packers. I still think he's a great football player. I think he brings a lot by himself. I think he's a massive upgrade over Lowry. But again, it's it's what he does for Zadarius Smith. It's what he does for Kenny Clark. By the way, J.J. Watt was the sixth highest graded run defending uh, edge rusher in football. Sixth highest. It was Khalil Mack, T.J. Watt, Montez Sweat, Cam Jordan, Joey Bosa, and J.J. Watt, followed by Chase Young, Demarcus Lawrence, Eric Armstead, and Randy Gregory. It's crazy how—I mean, that's that's almost a list of, like, the best pass rushers in football. It's kind of crazy. You would assume that's all the best pass rushers, but, I mean, they're just very big, very dominant guys that just throw people out of the way when they try to get blocked in the run game. These are, these are massive human beings. I mean, maybe not T.J. Watt as much. But the Bosas, J.J., Khalil, Montez is a big dude. Chase is a big dude. Demarcus Lawrence is massive. I mean, it's just, it just helps in so many different ways. And think about it. You got a guy that, that'll eat up a double team and still stop the run playing in between Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith. And you're going to have Rashawn and Zadarius' primary responsibility is pushing things back inside to J.J. Watt and um, and Kenny Clark. That's your job. Cool. And again, you... you, you ramp up the pass rush it doesn't just help zadarius it doesn't just help kenny it's going to help the corners and the safeties as well one of the biggest reasons i'm worried about the offensive line is what aaron Rodgers, because a pass rush is going to hurt his ability to be dominant that's true for every quarterback in football you bring more pressure you're not so dominant anymore you're not allowing routes to develop more errant passes so i mean it's for those reasons i want jj and again if we think that that's the case for fifteen million bucks, even sixteen, like I don't know, man. If you can swing it, swing it. I don't care. <laughs> it's just, I don't. I, I, can't think of anything more of a, a an all in push than that. And I'm not even super all in. But most of these free agent moves that we look at, I'll just kind of, I just shrug my shoulders, like, why waste the money? Like, it, is it really going to make that big of a difference? Like Devin Funchess, like, what, what is the point of that? Well, he's cheap. So what? I would be cheap too. Give me hundred thousand dollars, I'll play. Is that going to help us win? No. I don't care about that. I'd rather just save the money, and that's true of almost every free agent that I see. And I haven't really gone through the or redone the list or whatever or looked at guys. I see that's super popular right now is, who would you want to come in? It's still JJ for me. And again, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's from Wisconsin. I don't really care. It just makes the most sense. And maybe I'm dreaming a little bit that he's still got a bunch left in the tank. But again, PFF is looking at him like, no, he's still one of the best in football. Just letting you know, he played for the Texans. Texans have the one of the worst defenses in the world. Like, everybody on that defense is trash. That entire defensive line is garbage, and everybody just doubled J.J. Watt all day so he couldn't do anything. And nobody else was was capable of doing a single thing. But he's still very good. I just, I mean, nothing even comes close to that. But, again, I mean, we're competing with 32 other teams. I know there was a list that came out that the Packers were on, but then the guy came out and clarified. He's like, look, I'm I'm not saying those are the final three, even though I kind of said that these are the final three. What I meant is it's down to these three, but also down to everybody, every team in football. Like, (laughs) okay, whatever. Thanks for that. People are coming out saying he's, he's not in on Cleveland anymore, and then that guy that reported that is like Cleveland's still very much in it. Like, you know what? I just, whatever. Again, the Packers have a plan. They're very confident in it. Again, they never even—I'm hemming it. I'm losing it about Corey Lindsley. They never even bothered to pick up the phone. Like, they have a plan, and they're just charging straight ahead. Maybe J.J. Watt's a part of it. Maybe he's not. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Man, I'm—it's later than I was hoping when I just checked the time. I was hoping it was about 4.30. It's 4.40. That stinks. Um, I guess before we take a break, because i got some uh, NFL draft stuff to talk about— couple questions or at least one question in the uh patreon discord just a few minutes ago actually jw12042 do you know of a website that lets you know the details for when contract bonuses are due Said it would be interesting to see when certain players blah 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 yes i do it's called over the cap there's two big contract websites one is over the cap one is spot track over the cap makes it very easy if you come over here to Over the Cabin, for example, look at Aaron Rodgers. If you look under year, 2018, 19, 2020, 2021, blah, 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 there's little notebooks with little pencils. If you hover over that, it tells you. For example, in 2021, if you hover over it, March 20th, $6.8 million, third day of league year roster bonus due. So March 20th, we're paying Aaron Rodgers a check for almost $7 million because life is good when you're Aaron Rodgers. Might as well keep going here. These are patrons, so they're supporters, so, I, you know. Marshmallow Meathead asks, "Do you think the Packers have a culture problem that they're too soft?" And I've talked about this a bunch of times. I don't really know. It's hard to say. I mean, I get the idea that you know sometimes they just don't show up, and that feels like a soft thing. Like real hard teams come hard all the time. Whew. They they bring it all the time. Everybody just relax. All right. A bunch of children listening to this podcast. Well, hopefully not. But I, I you know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 it would be nice to see a little bit more fight. I, I think our DBs are. It would be hard. I'd be hard pressed to call them soft. Kevin King and Jair Alexander were not soft. Hundred percent not soft. It's hard to call Zadarius soft. I mean, he's he's not like you know. He's not going to get in your face. He's a good dude. Kenny never talks. He seems to be. I don't know about good dude, but he's just he just does his job and minds his business kind of thing. I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say soft, but I would like to see a little bit more fight. I would like to see, you know, I'm not opposed to occasionally guys getting flagged for being way too violent. I don't mind that. Once in a while, like one time. I mean, if you're going to get 10 penalties for 150 yards anyways, let it be the one time that some wide receiver is lipping off to your buddy at corner and the safety comes up and blasts him and says you better get out of his face. Or Rashawn comes over and just knocks him straight into the bleachers. Because we don't play that here. I You know, of all the penalties those are the ones I can appreciate. I don't know how many times I've told you about Jair punching a guy in the throat. I love that. It's very simple. Do not touch me. Do not talk to me. You don't do that. You think I'm playing around. I'm not playing around. You mess with me, you're going to get hurt. It's very simple. And I don't know that there's a ton of that in Green Bay. Now, again, I'm not going to directly attribute that to losing the NFC Championship games. I, I just feel like, in two years, again, there are two teams that just had the Packers number. It's a scheme thing. It's just the way that they play football is very, very tailor-made to beat the Packers. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to carry over next year. San Francisco was a joke the next year. The Packers just ran them over. right? I mean, for for um, Kansas City, it's like the Raiders and the che- uh, the Chargers. Now, fortunately for them, those are garbage teams. But there's just the way that they play football. It's just It just matches up against them weird. I think that's going to be true of 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 most teams. And I, like I said, the Packers were just kind of unlucky. And we don't like to think of it as unlucky. We want to find the remedy and, and fix it. And this is why. And this is what we're going to do to fix it. And it's never going to happen again. I just think it we, the Packers were unbelievably unlucky, unlucky that two years in a row, two of the best teams in football happened to be in the NFC and happened to be the teams that match up just perfectly against the Packers. It's not about good. Because, again, I, I think the Packers would have beat a lot of these AFC teams. Another very good NFC team, the Packers just steamrolled, and that was the uh, the Rams. And, by the way, the Packers almost beat the Bucks the second time around. And, and, you know, you could say if some of these penalties didn't go the way that they went or, you know, that, that Kevin King thing, which is absolutely absurd. Not because it was a bad call, but because, again, they didn't call anything all day, including on that exact same play when Rashawn Gary is just getting hooked around the neck and there's no penalty. I mean, if the Packers get the ball back right there, they could have won the game. Just that simple. And they go to the Super Bowl, and I think they beat the Chiefs. So, you know, again, I'm not going to put the label of soft on them, and I I just think it comes down a lot of it to bad luck. Having to face the, the one team, the one team in 2019 that the Packers just absolutely could not beat was the 49ers, and they played them in the NFC Championship game. The one team the Packers couldn't beat was Tampa Bay. They played them in the NFC Championship game. You got to put a little bit of that up to bad luck. If it had fallen any other way, I think there's a very good chance they won the Super Bowl. But again, I will go so far as to say I would like to see a little bit more fight. I wouldn't mind getting a linebacker that's just kind of a dog in the middle of that that defense just just because getting sort of a Mike Daniels. And no, I don't want Mike Daniels necessarily, although you know he might be worth the money just to get him back mouthing off to people. But somebody like that. I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep talking all day long. I'm gonna let you know that I'm coming. Uh, finally, uh, Gooseman488, do you think wide receiver is really that important for the Packers this year in the draft of free agency? Number of different places like PFF, ESPN, et cetera, still talking about it as our top need? No. And I, I, I still, to this day, and I've talked about it before, I would love for somebody to explain to me that, that the wide receiver thing, the Packers have a better wide receiver situation than a good portion of the teams in the NFL and teams, players, pundits, fans act like the Packers wide receiver situation is a joke. And I don't understand it. The best wide receiver in football is Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard is a legitimate number two wide receiver. MVS is, you know, he's a number three. Tunyon stepped up. Our running backs were decent receivers. Number one offense in football. And people will not stop talking about wide receiver and acting like Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any weapons, and I don't get that. I just it, It's like a disorder. I'm not saying it wouldn't help. I would love to get another guy in there. But most teams don't have that. Baltimore doesn't have one number one. Jacksonville doesn't have one number one. The Titans don't have, I mean, they don't have anything anymore. Everybody's left or got cut or whatever. They don't have a number one. I don't think, I don't even even know who's left over there now that I think about it. The Bears no longer have a number one now that Allen Robinson is likely gone. The Giants, the Patriots, the Jets, the, I mean, the Dolphins, kind of. I'm just picking random, I mean, every team that pops into my head. Do the Raiders have a number one? I mean, they have a guy that's, that's the thing. Number one wide receiver doesn't just mean your best wide receiver. Number one wide receiver is the guy that dictates the coverage. Some teams do not have a number one. That doesn't mean they don't have a guy that's, you know, their X receiver. Everybody has a guy that's their best receiver. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a true number one. Some teams don't even have that. Some guys have Alan Lazard as their number one. And yet the Packers, and again, I can see it from the Packers fan standpoint, because again, a lot of Packer fans, they're just, they, they, they live in a bubble and they don't see anything other than the Green Bay Packers. And, and they don't think about the fact that nobody else has it as bad. And they just look at it as the Packers have this horrible situation. It's like, dude, you know, it's, it's, it's like Americans complaining about suffering. Like, dude, you need to shut up because you're embarrassing yourself. I only make like 50 grand and I can't make it. Dude, 50 grand you know what the median household income is worldwide right now? $9,733. Just Googled it. If you make 10 grand a year, you make more than most of the people in the world. Well, the U.S. is more expensive. It's more expensive because we got more crap. Yeah, it's expensive when you have two cars that are, you know, a 2016 and a 2017 vehicle and you have a, a massive 21 thousand square foot home with air conditioning and cable and and all these luxuries yes it's more expensive when you have stuff you want america to be less expensive stop buying so much stuff well our parents didn't have you know stuff wasn't so expensive yeah right when they bought cars that didn't have airbags or seat belts or air conditioning yes those were cheaper cars that's true and houses were cheaper because they didn't have any of the stuff we have in that. you know stuff costs money we have more stuff it costs more money that's what packer fans are like Complaining that we don't have wide receivers on a team that has Devontae Adams. Oh! It's, I mean, it's, it's Packer fans in a nutshell. I mean, first world problems to the extreme. Anyways, we got to take a break here. I'm going to be uh, a little bit late, but I don't want to stop because we got more stuff to talk about. But to answer your question as succinctly as I can, no. Am I okay getting a wide receiver? Absolutely. I think it could be similar to J.J. Watt. It's not about we have a terrible group. It's about how much better is this group going to be if we add somebody else. If that's your, your standpoint, that it's not about we have bad wide receivers, it's about adding another one makes this offense unstoppable. And, and again, that is the right perspective. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely, even if you say that's your top desire, fine. Top need, no. Um, I'm, I'm really stuck on offensive line because I'm concerned about it. I think that's a need. In other words, if we don't address it, we could be in trouble. Um, defensive line technically is kind of a need. We struggled to stop the run. Pass rush wasn't as good as you'd hope. And, and again, it's it's kind of a it's kind of twofold. That's why I like J.J. Watt. It's not only a need. We need it because we might be in trouble without it, but it'll also make this team really, really, really good with it. So it goes from a weakness to a massive strength. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, linebacker might you know you might consider as, as more important than wide receiver. It's not that it's not on the list, but I, I would agree with you that it's not the top need. At the very, And I think most Packer fans at this point would agree with that. I think there's a, a, almost a, a consensus at this point. If you did a poll, and, and maybe I will do a poll just to be curious, and now I feel bad. Some people are going to say wide receiver, and they're going to get beat up in, in the Facebook group because I've created an army of mean people. I've seen that once in a while. Where people that listen to the podcast will start attacking people based on things that I said on the show, and it's like, dude, don't do that. You're making me not want to say stuff anymore. Sometimes they'll tag me in it. Like can you believe this idiot? Like don't don't tag me. I don't want to be a part of this. You know he can see us, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't do that to me. But if you guys promise to be nice, maybe we should do a poll. Um because I am curious. I don't I don't really care what you think, but I'm I am curious what your top desire would be. I I tend to think most fans have moved on from wide receiver as the biggest need. And the only reason I would want to do a poll isn't to you know, to single anybody out, but just to see, like, is there a massive discrepancy? Because I agree with you, most of the national media is still stuck on wide receiver. And again, that's that's similar to a lot of things that I talk about where, you know, like when you get somebody that's that's really good week one and two, and then you just don't hear about him for a while, it just gets stuck in your head. Like guys that were good three years ago, like um, Yannick Ngakwe. Dude, he's so good. Why do you think that? I don't know. Like, I remember his name. You mean from three years ago when he was a really dominant pass rusher? Have you heard anything about him since? Well, no, but, you know, I don't know. It just just sticks with you. And unless you get new information, that's And I think that's normal. I I think I do that with a lot of stuff. You get something in your head, and unless something changes that information or you get a little voice in your head that says, hey, we need to update this because I don't know if it's still true, we just keep on believing the old information. And I think because there's 32 teams and because not everybody's a Packer fan, I think most Packer fans who are immersed in this have moved on to other positions. Most of the national media, they just they've got broad general notes, and I'm I you know it's it's hard. I when I do NFL draft stuff, it's really hard to stay up to date with everything. And there are broad brush things that I will still believe, and then I'll do a mock draft, and people the fans will look at me like you're an idiot. That's not a thing anymore. It's like ah yeah yeah forgot about that. My bad. So anyways, again, gotta take a break. It's I should be done right now, but I can't be because we didn't take a break. So take a break, and we'll be right back. I don't know if if i really have time to do a lot of this stuff so maybe we'll do broad brush and um, we'll go more in depth tomorrow because i I really am short on time and i want to touch on this as well one of the more interesting revelations that's come up is that apparently russell wilson's camp has approached the seattle seahawks for a potential trade via mike duggar sando nfl and jason jenks whoever those people are it says potential trade destinations and this is Very iffy because I'm positive this was a confidential uh, meeting and nobody really got this information out. So I'm guessing this is where people started speculating, and they just added this part in. But it says potential destinations include Dolphins, Jets, Saints, and Raiders. Wilson was PFF's sixth highest graded quarterback in 2020. I think it's interesting because this isn't the first time this has come up. There was that time when we had heard that he really wanted to move to to New York, that his wife was very interested, that you know her career would be better served in New York than Seattle. Um, and so they were really looking at possibly going to the Jets, and this was a, a thing that was supposed to happen. And at the end of the day, Seattle ended up just paying a massive amounts of money, and it's like, ah, you sly dog, you you tricked them, right? And it felt like there was nothing really there, but it's come up again, and you can kind of understand it to some degree. Um, I I don't think Seattle is a very good. I've, I've talked about it forever. They do such a bad job, and I, I don't dislike the coach. I don't know. Maybe the coach is no good. I. I tend to think he is. I understand they should have ran it at the goal line. I get it. Yeah, that was a bad play and people can't let that go. But considering the lack of talent, maybe we can put it all on Russ, but considering the lack of talent, I tend to think that they overperform as a team, not just at quarterback. I think they have the worst, possibly, well, I guess since the Texans guy got fired, maybe now he's the worst GM in football. That might be hyperbole, but I just, I can't stand the guy. I know Schneider is an ex-packer, and a lot of guys want him to come back. I don't want him anywhere near this team. I just, I cannot, I cannot for the life of me understand what that guy is doing. Perennially, the worst drafter ever. His first-round draft picks, I mean, you just laugh when you see it. It's just, it's it's like, here's another fourth-round guy that they picked in the first round. Unbelievable. I mean, he sticks by his convictions, I'll give you that, but it's just, his convictions are garbage. That's the point. And so you, you kind of just feel like, look, I'm, I'm not getting the support I need. I mean, Seattle isn't a bad team, but m- again, most of it is just Russ making magic happen. And if It's similar to J.J. Like, if you could just go to a team that isn't terrible, how much better could things be? And so, you know, again, you start looking through the teams. I, I know, obviously, our biggest fear is that he goes somewhere like Chicago or Minnesota. I don't see why Chicago would be an option. I don't see why that would make any sense. Chicago is... Not even as good as Seattle. Like I'd rather be in Seattle. At least in Seattle, he's got a good supporting cast. He doesn't have that in Chicago. They run the ball well. They don't do that in Chicago. I mean, maybe a little bit better, but it's it's not like a culture thing. I mean, since Matt Forte, um, with Allen Robinson likely leaving, I mean that could be a recruiting tool to keep him, but it's just there's just nothing there anymore. If we look at the the potential trade destinations: Dolphins, Jets, Saints, Raiders. I think it would be stupid for the Jets to do it. I mean, you've got the number two overall pick. You don't have to spend that much money. I know it's Russell Wilson. I get it. And I guess, you know, maybe we could, maybe maybe I, I could kind of see it. We got our new coach. We bring in a sure thing at quarterback, even though he's massively expensive and he's getting up there in age. I generally don't agree with that because you have the opportunity to get your quarterback of the future, not somebody else's quarterback of the past. Plus, you still have a lot of building to do, and there's not much there for Russell Wilson. There's I mean, there's no wide receivers. The offensive line needs some work the running backs need some work. It just everything needs work. The Saints make a lot of sense, but what in the world are they going to pay him? Not only do they have to give massive compensation to the uh to the Seahawks, but you got to pay him his contract. In 2021 he's due 32 million, then 37, and then 40. I hate to tell you, you don't have that much money. I mean, they're 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 in the worst cash cap shape of anybody. So we can cross off the Jets, we can cross off the Saints. The Raiders are on here, but they're not a good team. So why are you going there? The Dolphins are the only one that kind of makes sense, but they don't have anything either. I mean, if I'm Russell Wilson, there's one team I got probably at the top of my list, and that's the Colts. I like the coach. I like the defense. Unbelievably dominant offensive line, and they run the ball unbelievably well. That running back is incredible. Jonathan Taylor, I made a highlight video, Pack Daddy NFL. You can go check it out if you haven't seen it. I've got a quarterback and running back uh, video that hi- showcases the best rookies of 2020. Jonathan Taylor was number one and and finding highlights for him was the easiest thing in the world. In fact the hardest part was trying to condense it. There's so many highlights. The guys it's, he must have had nothing but 50 yard runs it's unbelievable. It's not to say they don't need work but I mean it, it, they got a ton of money there's just so much there. So I mean it just if, if you go through the list Jacksonville no because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. The Jets no because uh, Russell doesn't want to go there. Miami, maybe. I mean, they've obviously got the trade compensation. You like he, you know, he's probably going to like the head coach, probably going to like Miami. There's uh, an issue with weapons, and I don't know that they're going to be able to draft him because they're giving away their draft picks. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if number three is gone, um, as well as some other things to be able to get him. I don't know that they're going to be able to get weapons. Offensive line is not the greatest. The wide receivers are not the greatest. The running back is not the greatest. So what are you doing? Atlanta is a mess. There's Julio, who's going to be leaving soon, and that's it. No way. Cincinnati has a quarterback. Philly is a joke. Detroit doesn't have a defense, and they're a terrible culture. Carolina has way too many holes. Denver? They freed up a ton of money. They got a bunch of cap space now. I don't know for sure. I mean, I've been on the train that if this team could just get a quarterback, they could be dominant, but the defense is starting to fall apart a little bit. But, I mean, they got Jerry Judy. Imagine Jerry and and Russ, they got K.J. Hamler. I would love to be able to see that prediction become correct on my part. Been drafting a bunch of talented tight ends. Run the ball well. Vic Fangio is your defensive coordinator. I wouldn't hate it. Dallas, no, get out of my face. Giants, no. San Francisco just said they're bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm assuming if Russell became available, that's an option, but they're not going to trade to San Francisco, so no. Chargers just got a quarterback. Minnesota is interesting if you can convince them that the defense is going to be revived. I mean, you're talking best wide receiver duo in football. At least it has been. Borderline best wide receiver in football. I know Devontae was there, but I mean, you're talking about, I mean, this guy, the, the fact that in his rookie year, he was the second best wide receiver would have been number one if it wasn't for Devontae, just absolutely going off. I mean, this guy's going to be a perennial great. I mean, we're, we're going to have a lot of problems with this guy. I hate to say it, but it's an option. New England would make me sick um maybe you can sell them because Bill Belichick's there but there's not a whole lot going on the defense is falling apart the offense has got nothing Arizona's got a quarterback and nothing else talked about the Raiders there's nothing there I talked about Miami Washington you know it's just a garbage organization Chicago's no good Indy again makes a good amount of sense Tennessee doesn't really need a quarterback uh who else we got here the Jets no uh Pittsburgh yeah right that place is a mess Cleveland's got a quarterback. Baltimore's got a quarterback. New Orleans has no money. Green Bay doesn't want him. Buffalo doesn't want him. Kansas City doesn't want him. Tampa probably doesn't want him unless they're just going to trade Tom Brady for him or something. So I just there's, there's not a lot of great options, but I think Indy is just a big circle. Now, maybe this is another negotiating tactic by Russell Wilson. I don't know, but at this point it feels like there's something real there. But there's just not a lot of great options for him. It just feels like there's a good chance he's going to go backwards wherever he goes, and I'm sure he believes in himself and thinks he's just going to elevate whatever team he goes to. Maybe he will, but I just I could see him going backward quite a bit. Um, moving on, again, I don't, I don't really have as much time to go into this stuff, but I want to just at least touch on it. Um, couple options. Number one, the Denver Broncos, I mentioned, they freed up a bunch of money. Now they have a bunch of cap. Part of the, the process of doing that involved cutting defensive tackle Jarrell Casey. Um, Jarrell Casey is 31 years old he's up there in age he probably isn't going to cost as much probably nowhere near JJ um, watt money assuming that the JJ watt money is real that it is actually 15 16 17-ish million whatever and so similar to a couple other defensive tackles we talked about it is an option Jarrell Casey for a long time has been a very very good defensive tackle he's not what he used to be and that's normal but he is a quality starting defensive tackle that again is going to raise the level of play of the guys around him so I, I'm, I'm going to add him to the list. Um, another guy that was cut by the Titans, Adam Humphreys. He missed out on the entire season, I believe, with the Tennessee Titans. Well, not quite the entire season, but a lot of the season. He's only 27 years old. He's a smaller slot receiver kind of guy, and I'm guessing he's going to go for dirt cheap. I don't hate it. Again, he's not gonna. It, it's not going to change the world. But one of the nice things about free agency, depending on how really, really good you want someone to be... Um, and th- this is kind of just a role fill. We don't have an Adam Humphreys on the team. That's the only reason it's worth possibly looking at, the, the, just a true slot guy. And it's, it's one of those things where if we're not super serious about it, like wide receiver in general, but we want to add somebody that we feel like, okay, this can be a guy, and now we can focus on something else in the draft, that's what Adam Humphreys is. But I mean, we're talking the last three years, he's been in the 70s as far as his PFF grade, so he's he's a fine receiver. He's never really had a big year outside of 2018 in Tampa. Um, 103 targets, 76 receptions, 816 yards, and 5 touchdowns. But again, he's graded out just about as well in 2019 and 2020. Just didn't have quite the production, or really anywhere near the production. Always grades out real well in terms of his drops, because he doesn't have any drops. So real good hands, which is always nice. And then finally, the other thing that I was planning on going more in-depth on, but I don't have the time, is the fact that the Packers are planning to have a virtual meeting with wide receiver Rondale Moore. Now, it's not that interesting because basically the entire league is meeting with Rondale Moore, and that, that's kind of true with most of these things. Um, you see the Packers listed as a team that they're going to be talking with, and it's like, yeah, uh, I mean, they're meeting... Rondale Moore recently met virtually with Seahawks, 49ers, Saints, Broncos, Colts, Patriots, Jaguars, Jets, Washington, and Char- and the Chargers. And the Titans and the Packers are among the teams coming up in the in March. The guy's going to have a virtual meeting with everybody. That's It's just... But, you know, it's news. So, again, the plan for tomorrow will be to go a little bit more in-depth on Rondale Moore. I do like him. I think he could be uh, a lot of fun, a really good weapon. Again, it's not my biggest need, but am I going to be mad about drafting a wide receiver in the back of the first round? No, I'm not. But, anyways, I really got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.